This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 537, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you.
Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 537. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm told I'm quite hot in mic level. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. Who's just the right level. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. Who has variable levels. Yep. We are a fanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of them. We read our stack of comics. One of them picks their favorite pick. One of them. <laughs> One of those guys. Picks One their of those people. Book. You know, those people. Those. You people. Uh, picks their favorite book. And we call that the pick of the week. And we'll talk about that book, other books, talk about some stuff, other things, maybe some listener mail, you know. Listen, there's a format, but we act like there isn't. We act like it's all casual, so that's how we're going to present it to you. The conversation happens organically, just completely organically in the same way every week. (laughs) What do you do to prepare? Here is your spoiler warning. It's a review show. Use your head, knucklehead. Come on. It's going to be some spoilers, especially if we're talking about DC Rebirth and Captain America. (laughs) <laughs> uh, although I don't know how you wouldn't have had that spoiled for you at this point, so I don't really take any responsibility. Ron! Yes. So, uh, yeah, so going into this week of a highly, highly anticipated and controversial week, um, as you mentioned, I thought it was a bit of a relief to see out in the world people actually talking about the comics themselves and not about the movies and all that sort of stuff, so that was kind of <clears> cool, despite them spoiling things, despite the goddamn preview images on Facebook spoiling things. Um, did you get spoiled by this for this one? Uh, no, I did not. I was able to. Well, yeah. So I was able to. I was able to avoid the spoilers, despite the leaks and all things like that for DC Rebirth, uh, because I was trying to take the uh, the media blackout kind of approach to it. So anything I saw um, that that mentioned spoilers or reveals or anything like that, I did not click. I did not look. Um, and admittedly, I was. Go- I went into DC Rebirth number one um, cautiously. Uh, because DC, I, I mean, the, the number of books I've been reading from DC has leveled off dramatically, uh, over over the years after the new 52, uh, for reasons that, you know, we, we won't get into, you know, a lot of people have been asking for our analysis of the new 52 and things like that. I feel like we've talked about that. I feel like we've been doing that for the last five years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, but, but, you know, a little cautious, a little, you know, kind of like, well, what are they going to do? You know, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I mean, that's the thing is that is at any given point, I'll, I'll try something new. Uh, and part of the draw was knowing that this was a Jeff Johns written book. And despite Jeff Johns writing Justice League, which I think was the only book he's been writing recently, yes. right? Yeah. Um, which was seemed to be mired and not very compelling and yeah, just that, that never ending dark side thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, so I was like, all right, I'll check this out. Um, you know, 80 pages for two ninety nine. Um, art by Gary Frank, Phil Jimenez, Ethan Van Skyver, uh, Ivan Ivan Reese or Ivan Rice or whatever how yeah. the pronunciation. Um, hard to. I, I like that it's been like a decade of us just futzing around with that guy's name. Yeah, exactly. Um, hard to not just give it a shot. Um, although I do, I on a side, I do think it's funny that on the first page it says to go read Justice League <laughs> number fifty and Superman number fifty before you read this. And Justice League, I think, was a five ninety nine book. Which is just which is ridiculous. I'm sorry, okay, it's, wait, it's wait, ridiculous. Wait. So I didn't, ridiculous. I didn't read the Justice League, but I saw that note at the end of the first page and I thought, oh, I haven't read that Superman yet. Yeah. So I stopped reading and I went and I read that issue of Superman. Then I came back and, and I appreciated the note. And di- it did not matter. Well, it's it's. Oh. Do we want to take this tangent for a second? Because sure. Yeah, yeah. I read both of those issues, and the important thing about Superman 52 was that you know that the, the new 52 Superman dies in it. Yeah. By the it, way. Superman died this week. No one fucking no one noticed. It. <laughs> no one noticed. <laughs> Not on CNN. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that changed the comics industry when that happened the first time. 
Yep. So no one mentioned it. He dies because uh, of the kryptonite poisoning that he had acquired during the whole, basically, whole run of the book. Right? Yeah. That's what happened. Josh, you read it. Yes. Uh, I, I read it, too. I read it. In Justice League 50, Superman is told he's dying from the poisoning he uh, got from being possessed and fighting on Apocalypse. So even with these two books you're told to read, he dies in two separate ways. Yeah. There was no continuity between them. I just found it a perfect encapsulation of the mess that is in Infinity 2 in that he literally was told he was dying for two separate reasons. Yep. In two separate books that you're told to read before this. Oh, God. Anyway. So, I only read one of them, though, so it was cool. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so, so I sat down, I curled up with the DC Rebirth number one, and I read it. And I made it about halfway through before I had several realizations. And I was like, oh, man, this, this, this might be the pick. And then I got to the end of it, and I said, there's, n- there's no way I can deny classic Jeff Johns DC comic. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. felt like years ago, right? Uh, what's really a Flash story. Yeah. And, and, and for longtime listeners of iFanboy might remember that Flash is my favorite DC Comics hero. And I have not, I feel like it's been years. I mean, I've been enjoying the Flash through the TV show, not through the comics. And so I feel like it's been years that I've been enjoying a Flash comic um, uh, in the actual comics. Um, and then, you know, just the meta text of every, like, this is basically just like, yeah. Even though in in the comics continuity it's ten years, but it's for us it's five years. It mm-hmm. just this just basically page after page peeled back and just hit the rewind button to take us right before the new fifty two, right at Flashpoint. Yeah, we fucked up. Yeah, pretty much, right? That was the thesis of this issue. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, and so after reading that and then wait hang on I got one more observation then yeah, yeah. then the other thing though because I was I was I really was thinking about this for a few hours and I, I was trying to Are we pro- ready to do this now then I was trying to well not well, sounds preliminary at best <laughs> well you know we get deadlines and things like that but um I was trying to nail down what it was that resonated so much with this book and I actually sat down with this comic next to other comics. And flip the page. No, no. And flip this the pages. Is- flip the pages, page by page. And while DC Rebirth at eighty pages took a long time to read and had a lot of content in it, I realized the diff. Like so, I co- so, so for for the example of this, I compared it to Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one, which we're gonna talk about in a little mm-hmm. bit as well too. And on a page by page average, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one is. And I feel like this is uh, indicative of a lot of the modern comics that are out now, both for Marvel and DC, just weighed down by lots of text. Lots of dialogue. Lots Captain of dialogue. America. We're not talking about Captain America. Right, no, yes, but lots, lots, lots then looking at DC Rebirth, while there's lots, of, there's lots of words on various pages, stuff like that, on average, if you look at the long term of the average, Johns definitely subscribes to more the let the art tell the story more than the words. And there are mm-hmm. numerous pages where there are not many words at all, and it works yeah. like elegantly and perfectly. And like that's kind of, and that kind of craft kind of observation was I was just like, oh man, like this is this is you know this is master. you know masterclass, yeah, exactly. So um, so all that stuff swirled in. I'm like, there's no, I can't, I I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I can't deny it. I'm you know I'm excited about DC again just through this one issue um, for various reasons. Now the, now the question will be what comes after this, but 
take this in a vacuum and the 80 page long apology and, <laughs> and, and and undo button that Jeff Johns is trying to hit totally worked with me and, and I loved it. So it's not really 80 pages. It's six, it's six, 60 pages and there's 20 right. pages of covers in the background. Right. Lots well, of, lots well, are coming thing. out. If you read this digitally, you don't know what you're in for. Yeah. Right. So I was just reading. I was like, when, how long is this? When 80? Oh my God. I just kept going. It didn't bother me because I actually figured usually when you see an issue like that, I figure half of it's going to be just reprints or something. I was like, no, it's eight. It's, you know, yeah. 69, whatever, original pages. Like it was all one thing made for this. And I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of cool of them. That's all right. Um, this was definitely a thing that, that struck that bit of, of Ron's DC fan. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was your, I, I saw it. I was like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yep. That's good. What about the other thing you didn't touch on? Well, so, hold on, I, hold on. This is uh, for me first. I I was spoiled. Oh. And we're going to talk about uh, the next book. I was also spoiled, both by humans and not by the internet. Stupid um, humans. I, I hung out with someone last week who's a, who who recently who's, socialized with Jeff Johns, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, he told it. me about the blank thing," and I was like, "There was a pause where no one said anything," and I was like, "Fuck." He's got a listen. Like, he's got he's got a big mouth. That guy. I know. I, I was just, <laughs> I was, I was just like, come on, man. I. He's like, oh, I thought you read that. I, was like, I don't read these things anymore. So I got that spoiled. So that yeah. sucks. But because I think it would have been much more impactful if I hadn't known what was coming. Yeah. However, uh, this issue was like a giant warm blanket that I swaddled myself in, <laughs> and just rolled around like a baby for for a couple hours. I even sent a note to Ron saying I would make out with this issue if I could. But yeah. never, I never. Send notes before, usually before the we talk about it in the show. Yep. Um, this this wasn't well not perfect. This hit every. This, this was as close to as I think I'm going to get uh, for, to that old DC feeling as I, I can. Yep. And I think also two things. One, this is probably Jeff Johns' last comic for a long time. Because <laughs> he, got, he got promoted again at, D, at DC Entertainment, so he yeah. probably, he's not writing anything. He's not slated to write anything in the next wave of books. Um, but also, uh, this felt like old Jeff Johns. We haven't really felt like old Jeff Johns in the last five years. We've talked about that. He did his Justice League stuff hasn't really felt like that. Uh, this felt like reading an old issue of Justice Society or an old issue of Flash. Yep. Well, just, his, his whole... Like, I don't want to say his whole thing, but uh, so much of his appeal was based on his really nice grasp of what the legacy meant to everything. And when they went and ripped the legacy away from everything, I think he was a little unmoored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that you know that's what he does well. That's the instrument that he plays really well. And so without it, it just didn't feel the same. Yep. Yeah. It, it it lacked any sort of anchor um, to build upon. And all, all this was all this was was foundation. I mean, if you go through page by page of this, there's subtle little things that r- are respectful and and uh, hearkening of DC's legacy. You know, just like so. So the, the the basically the premise of the book is that Wally West, the original Wally West, is trapped in the Speed Force, and he's trying to get out. And he's reaching out. First, he reaches out to Batman, and then he reaches out to Linda Park, and you know, none of them know who they are. And then finally, he reaches out to Barry, and for you know, for whatever reason, Barry, you know, the switch flips, and Barry remembers him and pulls him out of the Speed Force and everything. You know, and that and that's the that's the catalyst towards you know whatever's you know whatever's happening now in the world. Um and very nice nod back to Crisis on Infinite. I, I was just gonna say, yeah, there there were there were not only thematic nods back to Crisis on Infinite Earth, but also like page structure. Yes, 
you know, and imposing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that you can you can you can be reflective and build on that legacy with without you know making it you know without making it cheap or lazy or anything there's a way to do it elegantly and that's what that's what what i walked away from this issue is like this is this was elegant this was mm-hmm. d like and the thing is dc for me when i think of dc and dc's heroes and all the stuff like that i think of elegance you know i think of the 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 legacy and the and the history and the elegance that comes with that you know and that and especially like and as important and for me it's the flash you know going jay garrick barry allen wally west you know, like that whole thing, and I can't tell you how happy it was. There's one panel where he's like, "Remember, you know, where Wally's remembering what it, you know, what it was like when, you know, before the bad times." <laughs> and, and there's that panel, and it was like right after before the Empire. Yeah, exactly. It was right after Barry came back, and there was one panel of like Barry and Wally and Max yeah. Mercury and Impulse, and it was like, oh god, it was just like it was just like, oh man, I missed that time, and and so uh, it's nice to see that he's using that as the anchor. Um, and also, I, I want to give it up. I mean, we're talking a lot about John's in the story, but I, but I mean, I, I mean, this was you know, I, I'm a huge Phil Jimenez fan, and I feel like I don't see much of his art as much anymore these days. But mm-hmm. just Phil Jimenez, if you ask me, like between Gary Frank, Phil Jimenez, Ethan Metzgiver, and Ivan Rice, they, they're all great, and and they all work with John's amazingly. But it was just awesome to see him at the Jimenez pages, and I just think all in all, all four artists kicked ass, and it was just like everybody doing what they do really well. Um, and it just felt like it felt like eight years ago. So it was a great looking book, and I agree with you. I liked the Jimenez page the best. Yes, I yes. Mean, everyone. This is an all star uh, group of artists. And if you talk, if you and also, I mean, that's the scene where they reunite. So, but anyway, the yeah, yeah. Well. You talk, some, of my, some of my favorite artists working in comics. Is, he got most of them here, and uh, the, but the Jimenez pages were really wonderful. Yeah, and when they when they when Wally and Barry finally hugged, I really I got it. It got me right in the yep. in the heart. Yep, and. Uh, I wanted really wanted Wally to say, "What the fuck is up with your costume?" But I let that go. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't even the. Oh yeah, it was the new costume. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you even papered over that in your mind. Right? I did. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so good. So so that, then let's address the elephant in the room. Um, you know, so the book ends with Batman, you know, uh, thinking something's up and thinking something wrong, and referring to the letter that his father wrote him um, that that Wally was yelling him at. And uh, there, in the wall in the Batcave, is the comedian's uh, smiley face pin. And then the epilogue uh, is a uh, Doctor Manhattan on Mars kind of reference, picking up the Watchman layout of the, the nine panel girl. <laughs> yeah, no, nine panel grid. And my whole thing about that is fucking game on. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that genie is out of the bottle, and who the fuck cares? Go have fun, right? I mean, who like that's, that's kind of where I am at this point, yes. right? Yeah, like so was that that's this is the thing that everyone was talking about that got spoiled, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. My, my friend was like, yeah, John told me all about the thing with Doctor Manhattan, and I just went, I just put my head on the table. Yeah. Did you see it? So I didn't see that anywhere. I didn't know it was coming, but I mean, like, did you see that on the first page? Yes, on I the did. Very first page. Yeah, I mean, I was I, like, really, oh yeah, yeah, like, in the beginning. I, was kind of, yeah. I looked and I was like, "This is a Watchmen reference." Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, absolutely. I, I, I didn't know if he was just. I thought he was just being cheeky. I didn't think he was like going to bring it in. So at the end, I was like, "Really, they're going to do that?" And I pretty much said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Go for it. Yeah. You know what? I mean, the, I mean, the thing is, you can spend you can spend your entire life. You know, keeping it on a shelf and like praising it and all stuff like that, but they already did the before the 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 whole before Watchmen stuff. It doesn't it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. It doesn't change the original Watchmen. It doesn't do it like, like so. And also, they're never getting Alan Moore back. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. Right. So just so flame on. <laughs> I don't know why that um, made me so happy. That's this this issue made me happy. Uh, I, I wish it'd go a little further, but uh, you know that's for the execution. We'll see how that goes. But as a one shot that was basically setting up this where we're going to go, I was I was extremely happy. Yeah, um, yeah. Was, and I'm not even a like I like Wally a lot. I'm I'm always been more of a Barry guy, but I was very happy to see Wally back. Um, but now I we have two Wallies. I love Wally. Yeah. Two characters, two versions of each character going forward. One for the old guys, one for the new guys. Everyone gets a character. And it's we'll but, but the thing is that it seems like I mean, like it, it, we got you know got the Flash book with Barry, and I think new Wallies in that. And then you got a Titans book with Wally and the and the other Titans. You got Teen Titans with the new Wally. I'm fine with it. Like it's it's it's, it's as a Flash fan, I'm excited. Like I'm excited. I'm excited again for the Flash. Um, Blue Beetles to everybody, everybody yep. two two Green Lanterns. There's, yep. there's, there's a character for everyone. Yep, two Wolverines um, to Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, but uh, there's some Thor's. Yeah. yeah, there's some Thor's out there. It just anyway. I, I this was I love this. I swaddled myself in this book, which was hard because it was in the iPad. So yeah. <laughs> plus it. it's your old iPad. Right. So. It was really warm. It was really warm. I got a well, burn. Well, that you got diesel fuel all over you. <laughs> there was. You had to make sure not to not to clog the inlet because I then can you only got... swaddle for about a minute before I had to start coughing from all the smoke and I had to. Right, that and the contact burns. Yeah. Now, Ron, when you did you think that Wally was going to die in this in the Speed Force? No, I had no page? idea. Well, when he says thank you for the amazing life, and he starts disintegrating, and you see all. Well, the, all yeah. The old... I mean, that, but that was. I, the I, 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 bought, I was fully bought in, and I was like, oh shit. They're gonna kill him here, and then, and then he didn't die, and I, I was happy. Yeah, it was good. I really like this a lot. This is one of my favorite. This, this is all due respect to Snyder's Batman. This might have been my favorite DC book of the last five years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because the thing Ow. is, because the thing is, is that it's a it's a DC book. It's a DC book. Yeah, it whereas, feels, this feeling has been gone. Yeah, yeah, whereas what Snyder's been doing has been he's been doing he's been doing Batman, which is great and as he should, you know. But it's this was a DC book, so um, yeah. As, as far as as far as you know, the 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 kickoff, the first you know kind of thing into rebirth, great job. And now the question is, how, can they keep this spirit? And then can, you know, how much right. influence can Johns have on the other writers and the rest of the line? And that's what will be remained. But. Um, you know, as far as ratings go, I give this a solid A. Ratings, so, ratings. ratings, ratings. I five, give so five, five star, a five star scale. A five star scale. I, I yeah. it's it's five stars. Five. It's five stars. Five. Yep. Go to five. five. I give yep. it a five as well. Yep. I'm doing that too. Ratings, ratings, just ratings, just removing myself from the emotional impact of it, which I do not feel as much as either of you. I'm going to go for sociopath. <laughs> no, I just don't. I just don't relate to it as much. It's it's fine. But uh, it was really good. It was it was for a book that was eighty pages that I felt like I had to read. By the end, I was like, I'm glad I read that. Yeah, if that makes sense. So you say it, four and a half. Interesting. I did say four and a half. It was long. I I'm not. It. I'm not I taking off points because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty more pages. Give yeah. give me eighty more. I don't care. Yeah, just let it go. So that's unrealistic. It isn't realistic. So, so all right. So let's move on. So this is a week of uh, of uh, number ones and relaunches, and the next one up is uh, the con- highly controversial uh, scene stealing thunder from Marvel of Captain America Steve Rogers number one. I'm glad you you said it that way because to me the most interesting thing about this is we've talked for years about how Marvel eats DC's lunch in the PR and marketing department. Yep, and. 
So, so you have DC putting out their giant rebirth issue that resets the universe and they get, they can get all the press and all the talk. And the only thing anybody was talking about was Captain America. They did a brilliant job of stealing the thunder from DC this week. Yep. Which, which was surprising to me, but I guess it shouldn't be. It, given Captain America. I, it was surprising because I feel like if you're talking about the comics fandom, I feel like they would have been way more into the DC thing. As opposed to what seemed well, but here, but here's the thing. But no, I mean, like, I, angry about Josh. I thought, I thought yeah, about, I, I, I thought about this a lot. I thought about this for, oh, yeah. for, yeah, for since Wednesday. So it's been, two, you know, two and a half days now. Um, or no, no, since uh, before Wednesday. But anyway, um, this was a, this was so, so to, to get to the point, this is the Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one. This is the relaunch of Young Cap, uh, written by Nick Spencer with art by uh, Jesus Says. Um, and this has got uh, you know the, the recently de-aged Steve Rogers in a new costume with a new shield, et cetera, et cetera. And at the very end of it, it reveal he says "Hail Hydra," and so now everyone you know, every, and then everyone freaked the fuck out. And that's what. Oh wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Back. I thought they were. I thought they were just mad about the stupid costume. No, no. We'll, we'll get to that. There's and a flashback to when he's a kid and his mom, and they are they are recruited to come to a Hydra, yeah. a, a community a community meeting, yeah. just a community meeting. And so that's that in, is buttressed with him saying "Hail Hydra" in nineteen twenty. Means in nineteen twenty-six, yeah, yeah, guys. So Steve has been Hydra agent all along. That means he's always been a bad guy. That means in like Infinity Gauntlet when he walked up to Thanos and said, "Well, as well yeah. as long as one person stands up against you, you'll never win." That means he was still a bad guy. My entire life is shattered. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Well, so so now going back to the controversy, what I think is interesting is that it it taps into a very interesting moment in the zeitgeist where coming off of the wild success of the most recent Captain America movie two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. right, plus a generation of fandom that's been raised on those movies and not raised on 40 years of comics like some of us else have, Um, you know, and also who all live in social media and all live to freak out at the latest thing. That's, that's kind of what created the storm that exists now. It's a perfect storm. Yeah, exists now. So is Nick Spencer a genius? Yes. Potentially. For this particular, for for this particular reason, we haven't yet talked about the comic itself. Yeah. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, he knew exactly what would happen when he did this, and, yeah. which is the the brilliant thing about it. Um, now you can understand comics history and understand that this is a cold open, and he's not actually a Hydra agent, and it's going to be re- it revealed by the end of this arc that he's it's he's been he's not actually a bad guy. You can understand that he's been co opted by Hydra in the past. Yep. You can understand that Jack Kirby drew Captain America with a Nazi you know sal- Nazi saluting Hitler. Yep. This is a this is a comic book. As Josh said online, this is a comic book trope. This is how this is how things work. Yeah, you can understand all those things and still not like this issue, and that would be my that put that put me in. That's who I am. Oh, so you didn't you I'm, did not like the issue? No. Yeah, and, I'm not going to go that far, but I, I I agree with you. Like, so I I don't know that I really liked it. I, I don't know that I really. I, I sort of ambivalent about the issue itself. I don't think I really like this direction. Probably for some of the same reasons that other people are protesting. I hesitate to use that word, but. Because it just feels like, oh, that's wrong. But also, it's supposed to make you feel like that. Yes. And it's whether you want to go along with that or not. So there's a couple. I think there's two different kinds of reactions. One is, what do I call it? Oh, the idiot reaction (laughs) that thinks this is a thing. Right. (laughs) Meaning like that thinks that this is a thing. And then there's the second reaction, which is more valid, 
I suppose, which is to say, you know, I'm, I, I feel uncomfortable that this character who means what he means is now doing this thing. And that is a little more understandable because some of this is, is very deeply felt because the enemy was the Nazis, which are sort of the same as Hydra, but not really, and we don't really know. And honestly, I, they changed it from Nazis to Hydra because they can't have the fucking IP on Nazis. Right. They get the IP on Hydra. So <laughs> let's, I mean, let's and, look at that like it yeah, is. Yeah, and, and, th- and the thing is, is that it's, I mean, all the, the, all the hysterics and the freaking out that this undoes everything and this is a slap in the face of Jack yeah. Kirby and, and, you know, and all, and who was Jewish and all that, like, that is just all, that is, that is, that is the hysteria button. And, and honestly, yeah. and, and some of the, the lengths and the direction that discourse has gone into is downright disturbing. Um, yes. um, when meanwhile it completely glosses over the, 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 the even bigger, more disturbing thing from this issue, which is what the fuck happened to Sharon Carter? She's old too. Did she? Did she, she like when aged. when see when Steve got de-aged? Does that mean then then she got aged? <laughs> no, she was aged also. Aged after she was the, aged after also. Story. Oh, she but was not as much. Oh God! They, they were know. they were both old, and he got de-aged, and she didn't. Oh God! I was like, I got there, and I was like, Oh God, what happened to her? <laughs> no, to me, the bigger issue is the costume, which is terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And um, the shield, which feels like they got to the end of designing him, and they were like. I don't have the energy to design the shield. Just put a fucking star on it. Yeah. And um, I thought the coloring was really terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That the hel- oh, cloudy on the when yeah. they're on the helicarrier. Yeah. With the like the the Christian uh, motivational poster clouds. The uh, the head the head his headpiece without the wings looks really bizarre, and I didn't like anyway. I didn't. I just didn't like really. I don't. I think Nick Spencer's a really talented writer, and we loved him. On, we love his stuff on the fix. I think his style works on more um, snarky material. I don't know that he gets <laughs> sort of the majesty that this character requires. And uh, his that style being applied to Cap didn't work for me at all. It, yeah. you, you take out the last page, I still wouldn't probably read beyond this issue. Um, and, I, and the last page doesn't keep me. I, I would totally read the rest if it. I thought the style worked for Cap. I don't think the style works for Cap at all. Everyone's a, everyone's a little too quippy and hip in this issue, and I don't think that's what that's, that's reading, not the cap I want to read. I've been reading Sam Wilson for a while, and I don't think it's bad. I don't know that it's really speaking to me though. So I think there's more of that happening. There was there was there was one more thing that I did want to touch on, um, and and it's it's the idea that let's see, we've been using cartoon Nazis as villains for seventy five years now, as we should. And I feel like if you're okay with that in Indiana Jones or in all the Captain America stuff, like, then you have to accept that what you're playing with a little bit of fire. Yeah. And that's what that was all the whole Mel Brooks thing is. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I destroyed I like, them by laughing at them. And, yes. and you're, you're allowed to, it, it, if you, nothing is so sacred. And I'm seeing a lot of, you can't not, you know, the real Holocaust was terrible, but you you can also explore yes, the, the themes in that without de- de- denigrating the memory of the people that died and or the severity of the of the incident. It's not. And also, they've been doing it by using the Nazis as cartoon villains for seventy five right. years. And, right. and if you can't take that, then I don't think you should be able to do the other. And and also, like if that's the way you feel, that is totally fine. But it doesn't mean that it shouldn't exist. 
And that is the thing that's starting to bug me more and more and more is that people says this makes me uncomfortable, so it shouldn't exist. And I'm like, the fucking clan shouldn't exist, but they have the right. And I don't want them to, and I don't want to say the thing, but they do, and that's how it works. You know, like, yeah, like, this they, I, I, like t- removing uncomfortable ideas is the worst thing. This it's is the worst. I I'm dr- being drawn more and more away from internet and social media because of all this stuff constantly well, yeah. happening. Yeah. Yep. Just more and more. Uh, and f- I'll be surprised if in five years I still am on social media <laughs> because of, it's just it's. It will well, I'll be, I'll be surprised in five years if the if, if the world is still around. <laughs> right, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I just. I didn't, I didn't like this for other reasons, despite the fact that I also, also, the other thing was, Josh, do you remember back when, you know, Cap died, Captain America 25, and we walked into work, and our coworker was like, I can't believe they killed Cap, right? That's true. Yeah. Of course I remember um, it. Well, this basically the same thing happened to me this, in this one, I walk, I walk in, so Captain America's a Hydra agent, and I was just like, I, well, I guess, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> 9 a.m. I, I saw it. Like I read, I read them both really early, because I saw which way it was going, so like by 9 a.m. It was, it was everywhere. Yeah, so I, I, I just beat walked it. in. I hadn't even got yeah. a chance. I hadn't even downloaded them yet. Yeah. Oh well. gosh! All right, so uh, so I guess to, to we got to wrap this up because we've been going on. This is very long. <laughs> I can't believe let's you keep, read this. Yeah. Let's keep this going. It. I read this too. Yeah. Well, I uh, it. I so 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 in addition to DC Rebirth number one and Captain America Steve Rogers number one, it was also uh, and picking up last week we talked about Future Quest number one. The, uh, <laughs> the 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 Warner Brothers mandated Hanna Barbera uh, cartoon reboot of the DC universe continued this week with Scooby Apocalypse number one. And uh, I just wanted to. We can talk about it very quickly, but I, I just, I could not. Like it was like a, it's like a, a, a car wreck. You can't not look. Um, and this was the, this was the edgy, extremifying, current kids, you know, kind of relating to the new Scooby Gang character designs by Jim Lee. You know, where you've got Shaggy's got tattoos and he's got a hipster mustache, and turns out he's 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 just a low rent dog trainer. And uh, and Scooby has a collar that emits emoticons, emojis. emojis yeah. All right. And so, like, given all of that, who do they give this book to? Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Matias. Who dies me, in their 60s. Let me remind you, when we interviewed Keith Giffen nearly 10 years ago about his classic Justice League run in the 80s, he likened it to doing vaudeville. <laughs> that, that's a reference all the kids can get. Right, exactly. Vaudeville. <laughs> Vaudeville. Um, um, so where, whereas Future Quest last week was wonderful and delightful and like the right tone and all this sort of stuff, this was just a fucking abomination. <laughs> I, I flipped through it. I was like, maybe I will read it. And, and I saw every panel so jammed. I was yep. like, I can't, I can't even yep. look at this. This is... And it's Howard Porter, I, who I used to love. Who, uh, just, uh, just, yeah. Howard Porter is, is their new uh, McGuire. Like, he's been doing all their projects. Yeah, he did yeah. Justice League 3000 with them. Um, yeah. I don't mind this. It's what he had to work with. Yeah. This was uh, terrible. If there's one thing that doesn't need to need a edgy reboot, it's Scooby-Doo, for yeah. God's sakes. Also, I don't understand why everyone's new look is basically identifiable as them. Even, you know, there's, even Fred's wearing a scarf. But yep. Why is Shaggy completely unrecognizable? Yep. Like, everyone else, you can look at them and say, okay, well, that's 
Fred and Velma and Daphne, I get it. Right. There's Scooby Doo. Who's the guy that looks like Hipster Green Arrow? Oh, yeah. that's apparently Shaggy. Like, well, I don't they, can't, they can't make him a stoner, I guess, anymore. So it's uh, uh, why not? Oh, yeah, I know. Marijuana is illegal in places, and they're in Burning Man, and this opens up. Yeah, uh, it's, just, it's and, so dumb. Uh, so dumb. Uh, it 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 was pretty terrible, and I I hate you because <laughs> I wasn't going to read it, and then you put it on the script, and I was like, well, I guess that'll be more fun to talk about if I've also read it, and I. <laughs> I just thought in 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 uh, in the spirit of last week's conversation no, about, the la- yeah. about the Laugh Olympics and wacky races and all that sort of stuff, this was let's let's keep it going, and then we it just hit a wall. It just hit a wall. It was so I mean it was so cliche and so um, you know like just what you, awful what you think of old people trying to write for the kids. They even used the bad cracked up font for the word apocalypse in the logo. Yeah. Like that, that, that they, uh, late 90s broken font, you know, like, oh, God. They poochied the shit out of this. Oh, yeah, shit. poochie, yeah, total poochie. Full so. poochie. Yeah, full poochie, yeah. so, unfortunate. Oh, well. I just, I mean, my only question really was, like, who's this for? That was my question. Who Really, honestly, who is this for? It's not for the kids, and it's it's only going to piss off old people like us, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It doesn't piss a... me off. I mean, like, it's also, you can apply the same thing. This is just a thing they're doing. It's not going to change it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, it's no, exactly. Stupid. It's but, yeah. stupid. Yeah. I know it's stupid, but like, I, my, my main thought is just, like, I don't, I don't get who they're making it for. Like, it doesn't, I don't see, I don't see what audience there is for this. And that makes it a bad business decision. Yep. Fred would have a tribal tattoo, though. <laughs> the one, the Panosian cover. Yeah, it was really um, good. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of like, oh, that's Shaggy esque. Yeah, with yeah. W- like working within the confines of who the character is and what Jim Lee designed, I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and the um, Joel Jones one is nice too. Yeah, they yeah, but they, I mean, they didn't need to we three Scooby. I don't know. It's just it's all, and like it was so funny because I was in the comic shop and we were flipping through it and we we're talking about the dumb collar with the emoticons and uh, <laughs> James is like, well, it's not like he can say rut row. And then I open the book and there's literally on a page where he goes rut row, and I'm like, well, apparently <laughs> he's just like, well, then what's the fucking point? What's the point? <laughs> like, <laughs> if he can talk, why does he have the dumb emoticon thing? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Do you, are you supposed to read that Scooby in the Scooby voice? I do. Yeah. One pair of motor goggles coming up. How can you not? Yeah. I guess. But it doesn't look like it's coming out of that purse. That looks like a handsome person. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we had our annual issue of Afterlife with Archie. I don't. I don't even. I was. I meant to look up when the last one came out, but that's why I was like. I was like number nine. Really? That's it? I feel like this came out like it started coming out three years ago. Yeah. We're getting like two, maybe two a year. Um. If you ever wanted to read an issue in which uh, Reggie masturbates to the thought of Midge, then this was the week for you. Um, I love that this book just completely just that Archie puts out is just like fuck it, we're just gonna burn this to the ground. Yeah. Is that the point? Yeah, it's great. I yeah. love it. Um, I can love the regular stuff, and I, I also love this as well. This was the issue in which we examine Reggie and find that he's a sociopath who um, was actually been in love with Midge this whole time. And, uh, you know, only really fucking with everybody else because he doesn't know what else. He doesn't know how to relate to anybody. And, uh, you know, this is really great Francesco Francovia art. The opening page was this wonderful uh, history of Reggie's life that was drawn in a, in a very different style than the rest of the book. And like almost like a children's illustrated book. And then, um, then we get delve into his head where we find that he doesn't really know how to feel things. He um, sort of mirrors other people. Um, he's uh, he's dead inside basically, and 
at the end, he decides he's going to try to be the hero and go off and and uh, buy time for the group by walking up to the zombies and getting eaten, and the zombies won't even eat won't even eat him. And uh, so that shows you how, how how dead inside he is. It was a really good book. It's just I didn't expect to see our, R- Reggie masturbating. Yeah, which I mean that's that's almost always true. I never expect it. Yeah, that's no oh, one expects. Reggie. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition yeah. or. Reggie masturbating. Uh, so oh, we also find out that he was the one who hit Hot Dog with his car that started this whole problem in the first place. Wow. If it wasn't for you kids, he would have gotten yeah. away with it. Uh, oh, he did it on purpose because he was pissed. So oh, okay. he, he purposely ran down Hot Dog with his car. <laughs> and, uh, and so then he goes, he supplicates himself in front of Jughead, the king of the zombies, and, and zombie Hot Dog, and um, Sabrina, who is now like queen of uh, Kuthu, and uh, she she calls Reggie their dark prince. So this is like some sort of unholy alliance here going on. He has to go back and kill Bet- Betty, and if he does that, all bets are off. I might do anything. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm just thinking about it for a second. I... All bets are off. All bets are off. <laughs> um. But this, I also really enjoyed Captain Marvel 5, which we talked last week about Power Man and Iron Fist, in which it was a book I, I wouldn't necessarily have picked up, except for the buzz, and, but was enjoying it more and more. And I think the same thing with Captain Marvel number 5, in which I only picked up because Rob made the first one to pick of the week. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. I, and I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't particularly have much interest in the character. I always liked it when she was on the Avengers or whatever. Right. And I don't know anything about Alpha Flight. I've never read Alpha Flight in my life. And uh, when Ron picked that one as, as pick of the week, I, I just started reading it. Uh, and, and this was the week where I was like, "Boy, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is like this is nearly like Guardians of the Galaxy five six years ago fun." Yep, it's it's that kind of book. And uh, so, thanks for making that the pick. It's my pleasure. And also, <laughs> like, I just I really like the personalities that are going on and the difference. I really like the art. Uh, it's it's a it's a super fun book. It's really well done, and I'd like to see more of this from the big two superhero people, please. <laughs> Like there's yeah. no high concept to it. It's just, you know, make make this thing interesting. Yeah, and and that's and that's the thing is that like I think I, I think what it did was it you know like the first issue why I liked it so much was because it was just wacky and it was just like yep. uh, you know characters in a different situation, but it made it work. And this was a solid arc that that had like the the uh, this fifth issue wrapped it up in a in in a good way. It felt you know it felt established, and now you know now I'm kind of bummed that it's going to run right into the event. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I'm hoping that it, you know, that doesn't uh, really, you know, um, uh, yeah, exactly, to screw things up or whatnot. But we'll see. But but if anything, we got five issues. That was a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, just as I'm flipping through it though, like the the team of Chris Anka and Philippe Smith with with Matt Wilson on colors, like I was like, oh, this is, feels like a nice, like a well done modern comic book, and it's like it's really fun to sort of see the team interact with each other. It's that feeling like. When I was a kid and I would pick up an Avengers book and I hadn't really been reading it or didn't know, but I was like, oh, all these people really know each other well and they're interacting as if it's been going on forever. Like, and it it, it works really well that way. It was yeah. fun. Yep. 
Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. All right. Also, good stuff is uh, iFanboy.com. We're very proud of it. And we, uh, we're thankful for everybody who has chosen to help support iFanboy. And if you would like to help uh, iFanboy to make sure that we are around for a very long time, you can do that by going to iFanboy.com slash support. Uh, the, the quickest and easiest way you can do that is click on the link to go shop at Amazon. That way, any purchases you make at Amazon, we get a little cut of it uh, from Amazon's pocket, not from yours. Um, so that way you get your, you know, your Star Wars Blu-ray and then we get a couple of, we get a couple of pennies. Uh, and Jeff Bezos is none the wiser. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to support us in a more direct fashion, you can go to ifanboy.com support. There's links there uh, for our membership program for three dollars a month to thirty dollars a year. Or uh, if you can make a one-time donation via PayPal, um, a bunch of you have done that uh, recently, and we want to thank everybody who's done that. That's awesome, um, and we thank everyone for your support. So, all right, let's speed through the rest of this stuff because I have no idea how long this show is. Sex number, 28. Yeah. Sex number 28 by Joe Casey. I wanted to check in on it just because uh, there was one thing that was cool in it is there was a it was a big fight scene where Simon Cook finally got to like beat yeah. a bunch of people up and he was nearly killed. But I was like, awesome. That was, that was, <laughs> I mean, they waited 28 issues to have him do anything like that. <laughs> that's, that's really and, and really the main reason that I want to talk about it is that uh, our, our uh, fearless author here, uh, Joe Casey, wrote himself quite a long column in the back. And it was about superheroes and where they exist in the market today and who they're for. And I thought it was great. Do you remember when he used to do a column like forever ago yeah. on Newsarama? Yep. Best yeah. comic column ever. Comic. Well, he, he's been doing these in the back of his issues every, yeah. every time. No, I know. But this one, like a lot of them are, are kind of rambling. And this just happened to be very um, pointed, point. I think, giving. Well, it had a point. Yeah. Very, but also with like everything that went on this week. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was very, and then there was even a bit how he really, like he always thought that the kid flash costume was better than the regular flash one. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's friendly. But, uh, you know, if you're a 40 ish year old person who reads superheroes, uh, you should read this, uh, cause it, it's super interesting from a guy who has a, who has a great perspective. Uh, and the issue was really good. Like all of them have been, cause it's still a great book. Cool. Uh, Extraordinary X-Men number 10 uh, 10 issues in and I and apparently there's a big event going on an apocalypse war literally no clue what's going on <laughs> it, it is just it, it like it, it just it, it, it really just kind of punctuates the sad state of affairs in the X-Men corner of the world it makes me very sad but like you know enjoy the Humberto Ramos art and it looks nice but the story is just a mess and there's nothing grounding the relationships or doing I don't know it's just, it's just it, it makes me sad so. I liked the forge scene. Yeah, the, well, actually, that was oh, that reminds me. That was the one thing I wanted to get. It was that in uh, there's a you know scene of forge, you know, kind of you know getting stressed out and annoyed, and then Ileana says, "Listen, I'm the only one who's going to say this. Storm doesn't want you." And like, it's just like I was like, "Oh, that was hard. That was the one high moment of it because it t- tied back to a relationship, and it was good. But too much fighting, too much." You know, I don't know. They, they just they just need to ground them again. They just I feel like the 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 tether to the X Men is gone, and they just need to reestablish that. But so, I think it's funny. Even though Marvel hates Fox, they've got an Apocalypse movie coming out, so they still tie it in. Yeah, of course. Well, they're not stupid, but but the thing is, it makes no sense. So whatever. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Miss Marvel number seven. Did either of you read this? Yes. This is, yeah, this that's is one of my another one. That, that's another one that you guys have recommended. That I that I started reading on and it, it's been good. Another one of my favorite Marvel of the, character. Yeah, one of my favorite issues of the whole series, both volumes. Um, it was just basically just a self-contained one shot. It's the Road to Civil War Two, and it's a science fair in New York and the New Jersey team, the Jersey City team, led by the, the kids from Miss Marvel School versus you know, and then there's the Brooklyn team that led by the the school that that uh, Miles Morales goes to. So it's Miles and and Genki and his, all their friends, and then uh, it's sort of a big 
allegory to the Civil War itself and how stupid it is that they're all fighting and it gets increasingly ridiculous. But um, I like I love the wacky tone of it. I loved all the background jokes. There's a great opening page uh, showing the floor of the science fair. And you see all these bizarre things happening in it. I just thought this was a great, fun, funny character piece. Uh, and it's there's a whole bit at the end. Why did we even fight? What was the point of that? What was the point of us the friends fighting each other? There's, this is dumb. And uh, I always like when when companies have the balls to print stuff that basically takes the air out of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, like this is really good. What was the thing with Hickman? When he was doing um, the la- last year's thing, and, and there was like the eight pager about him having no idea what he was doing when he was writing it. Oh, so, the, Secret War, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Secret War, Battle World. Battle yeah. World, yeah, yeah. Well, Secret War—that yeah. was part of Secret War. So was it? Uh. All right, whatever. Secret Invasion. <laughs> I'm totally getting them all. Like they're they're all just blending now. Um, yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot. Um, so I'm still reading Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Huh. Uh, yeah, I know, right? It's it's you know what it is? It's a Spider-Man story, but she has a big dinosaur, and that dinosaur was created by Jack Kirby, and um, she's got to like get around her parents, and she's trying to do stuff. And then this other story going on here is that there's this kid who is on a Kree spaceship, um, Velmar. No, it's not Marvel; it's it's the other way around, and he, and he decides he's gonna go destroy her, and so he flies in from space and ends up in her class, and it's just a super cute uh, story, and I really like the way it's drawn. Uh, and at first I said, I'm not sure who this is for, but I think it's really fun. And if you have uh, kids, I think uh, they should read it. But also you could probably read it too. It's fun. And so the, she was. She ended up in one of those uh, inhuman cocoons mm-hmm. and was all mm-hmm. buried and came out. And then like supposedly nothing had happened to her. Uh, but then so that's like the mystery. What's what's going to happen? And they sort of give you a hint at the end. But it's, you know, it's a, it's a good book. It's fun. It's like when they say they don't make uh, comics for kids or for girls or whatever. Like this is a great comic for for everybody. They absolutely do. Yeah. No. I wanted to talk about Omega Men number twelve. Um, I got behind on this, so I hadn't been reading them as they were coming out. Um, but this was the last one. If you remember, this is uh, Tom King um, and Barnaby Bagenda, which is nice. a great the, the whole wow. creative, the name the Barnaby Bagenda on art and Romulo Fajardo Jr. on colors. Like this yeah. the, this creative team should be praised just for that well they should also be because it's really you have never heard either of those names and this is an amazing looking book mm-hmm. like it's beautiful like coloring oh, and and writing we have to um, go back and write that article the best names in comics yeah, yeah. it is good Our i don't know that needs to be in there yeah, yeah. well romulo farhado jr is not so bad either <laughs> that's um, a great team i hope they work together forever and just, just <laughs> Just and then just like the old Tom King, you know. Begin that Fajardo. you know you got a quality, you got a quality book. Uh, anyway, this is the final issue. You may remember that this was sort of a shit can by DC, and people were like, "Just let him finish." And they were like, "Okay, you can finish." <laughs> so instead of doing six issues, he got the the whole thing in twelve issues. Pretty much the entire thing is done in a nine panel grid, um, and it, it's, it's it was a little hard to wrap my hand around at some points, but I really like the end of it. I like how it wrapped up and I like that like it's not a happy ending for these characters and for Kyle Rayner at the end. And then the last page is like this little meta treatise on on the comic book panel page and 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 how they're all trapped in these boxes and I was like, "Ooh." Like dark there. I re- I really dug it. It's clearly like it's it's like love of comic book uh stuff in in a big way. Yeah. And uh I, I dug it. Excellent. So we haven't been to Star Wars Corner in a while, and since Star Wars 19 was finally the the issue wrapping up the, that storyline that is just never ending with the prison, I was a little bored, and I was like, eh, maybe I'll go back and read all five issues of Obi-Wan and Anakin. 
And so I did, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> but what what cracked me up about this issue was so basically the whole crux of this is that this is a stage in in Anakin's training when he's considering leaving the Jedi Order because he doesn't feel like he fits in, and him and Obi Wan go yeah. on one mission. And he's hoping that there's a, you know, and Obi-Wan's hoping that, the, that, the, that this will kind of re- reignite his, you know, desire to be a Jedi or whatnot. And of course it does. But at the end of this issue, there's a flashback to before this where Obi-Wan is updating Yoda and saying Anakin wants to leave. And Yoda's like, well, that's up to him and blah, blah, blah. We're not a prison and, you know, whatever. And then Yoda says, but if he does leave, you know what this means. And Obi-Wan goes, yes, then I must leave as well. And I just went, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't. You stupid. Oh God. So anyway, so uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I like, I like, uh, I like the team on there. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna oh, read that. Oh, no good God. can come of that. No good, no good came of it. No good came of it. So yeah, you, you knew that though. I know, I know, I knew. You hate read it. You know, yeah, so, so that's so, not, yeah. that's not, that's no one's. No, I didn't hate read it. No, I read it. I read it fairly, and and you know, and, you, and, no, but you, you yeah. knew. Yeah, well, there was nothing did. going on there. Yeah, well, anyway, that you I, wanted. Yeah. So those are the books that's we read like, this that's week. That's like that's like you're going to a sushi place <laughs> that you don't want to eat. Just go. I don't like anything in here. This place is awful. <laughs> you're not, not going to eat that. You're oh, but you, come on. Oh God, it's not good. Anyway, those are the books we read this week. Uh, fun, fun week of comics. Controversial. Uh, do we have time for questions? We got to do. It Why not? Who yeah, the hell knows yeah, we'll how let's long ago? Fuck it. All right. First question comes from Leo from Brooklyn. Uh, writes in and says, I've been reading through the old volumes of Garth Ennis's The Boys in anticipation of the upcoming show. Is there a boys TV show in that? Did uh, I miss that? Everything's in development. Everything's in development. Anyway, so he goes, I, I got to the part where the X-Men stand-ins called the G-Men are touted as basically being lovable misfits that are cash cows for their publisher, and the Avengers stand-ins, the Revengers, are second stringers. And it was hard to fall back into that mindset where the X-Men were indeed king of the hill. So I took a week off work and thought about this for a few days. Nice. <laughs> well done. I, I, I applaud the commitment, Leo. Um <laughs> And I <laughs> uh, thought about it for a few days. What happened to make the X-Men fall so low in recent years? Now that we're in an Avengers world for the past few years, will the Avengers get oversaturated? Will they fall out of favor and make room for an X-Men resurgence? Or will something new maybe take its place, like the Justice League? Well, the Justice League is not in Marvel. Well, no, but but will, I mean... <laughs> will, will the, the Justice League take the place of the X-Men? <laughs> No, I, I mean, mean first of all, the X-Men fall out of favor. You didn't even use the hyphens in their names. Neat, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that tells you how far they favor they've fallen. <laughs> I think I think the X-Men have fallen out of favor basically due to I mean, which we referred to it you know previously is basically due to the the dispute between Marvel and Fox and the movie rights and all that kind of stuff and and you know and and the and the fact that Marvel has taken you know the Avengers world you know Iron Man and Captain America and made and Thor and made really good movies that have ca- captured the zeitgeist and so you know I I I don't I mean I'm going to I'm going to reserve we haven't Record. We're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but we haven't recorded our podcast about X Men Apocalypse, so I'm gonna reserve any comments about the future of the X Men film franchise for that podcast. So go listen to that because because uh, I don't want to spoil anything for Connor. But um, you have thoughts. I have thoughts. I definitely have thoughts. So, but I, I think I think it's we business, I think we all it's business. I think we all can agree that the Justice League will not be taking over anybody's popularity contest. <laughs> well, so. I, I, I mostly agree with you. I think that these popularity of the movies is definitely... But the, but the thing was, the Avengers have been the king of Marvel before the movies came out. They, you know, 
it, it was Bendis, Bendis yes. taking over the Avengers propelled them to the top. And the question is, because that was years before the movies came out. So the question yeah. is, what in the comics world brought the X-Men down? I, something did, because they're not as popular as they used to be. They, well, it was, they I mean, ran it was, things for 20 years. 20, for 20 years, they were the most popular comics out there. And then something happened, because that was, it was prior to the films. The films cemented the Avengers, but before that, it had happened already. Yeah, and, and and I mean, and I don't know if it was something in editorial or some sort, but there was a time where I mean, you know, you know, some of the key guys were on. I mean, the X Men was a a much you know like wanted position. I mean, Brubaker fraction, like you had all the you know like they 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 put a lot of stuff behind it, and then they just kind of stopped doing it. And I think it's from above saying because don't don't support the movies, so don't you know, so they're just doing it just to do it and to placate fans because they can't cancel them. But something know? happened before that. So something yeah. happened. In the comics before that, it did. Yeah, yeah. And I think I wonder if it was, you know, the the image. I mean, did they ever recover from Jim Lee leaving and, well, and all those guys leaving? Joss yeah. Whedon, the Astonishing X Men era. That was, a, that, was the last, that was the last gasp. Yeah, yeah I know. Like that, that was that was the last gasp. And Astonishing X Men and New X Men. That was two thousand and one. Yeah, there's been books since then. Not but they weren't popular. Like they weren't the thing everyone had to be reading. Yeah, Jason Aaron. That oh. was gr- that was great, but yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't Zeitgeist capturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the they're, they're, they haven't been that way since two thousand and one. That hasn't since Grant Morrison so, finished New X Men. Yeah, so I mean, that's I, a good point, Connor. That's a very good and and it could be argued and it could be argued that it was a a sliding down the slope at a tw- right. over a fifteen year pace. And that's seven that's seven years before the first Marvel Studios film. So it's not the movies. The movies just yeah. cemented it. Something happened before the films. You're right. You absolutely are right. I mean, it's possible. It just ran its course. I mean, a thing doesn't. I mean, a thing is popular for forty or fifty years. It's a pretty good run, you know. No, it wasn't popular for forty, fifty. It was popular for maybe okay. fifteen, fifteen to twenty. Uh, I'll give it fifteen uh, to twenty. Late seventies to to mid nineties through the nineties. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, okay. but yeah, I think I think you're being generous on late seventies. It's more. It's more early eighties. You know better than I. Yeah. yeah. 80, 80. Three, yeah, four. Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think Connor, I think you've got a great, I think you got a great point. I think, I think the the exodus of top talent who were all on those X Men books leaving, they never recovered, and they've had little moments of blips. You know, you you, you stumbled along, and then you got Joe Mattiera. And yeah. then and then it fell back down. Stumble along, you got Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly, and then it fell back down. And then you, then you perk back up with J- Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. It fell back down, and then it perked back up a little with Jason Aaron and Nick Bradshaw and, and stuff like that. But per- but every time the perk back up and drop back down, lower it drops a little lower. Yeah yeah. Oh wow, that's but, really uh, and doesn't perk as high. I wonder. I, oh, I wonder if this could be visualized with sales date. Oh, that'd be really interesting. Anyway, well, well I don't. I, it was time for that, but <laughs> you're not yeah. going to do that. So. Yeah, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, like you're absolutely right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So, I, um, I think you probably just see a, a, a normal curve. You see it grow. Yep. And reaches its peak in the early '90s with Jim Lee's, and they launched X Men, and there's 25 covers, and then, and then just it progresses down. That's the natural yeah, progression. I, of I'll, I'll tell you what, though, Leo, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. So. All right, another question about something else that's popular. Josh from Boys Ranch, Texas. I have a question about the popularity of Star Wars. I, like you guys, have been a fan for what feels like my entire life, even in the dark times between 1985 and 1995 when it wasn't cool to like Star Wars. Now it seems like Star Wars is back in pop culture vogue and everybody has jumped back on the bandwagon. To my joy and entertainment, delight, Disney and Marvel have flooded the market with all things Star Wars. My worry is when it comes to the world of entertainment, it seems like something becomes too popular, 
you get the inevitable negative backlash. So my question to you is, do you foresee a negative backlash against the popularity of Star Wars where it falls out of fashion, or is it a franchise that's big enough to transcend the doom that has crippled so many others? I f- I'm going to say, and by the way, the, 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 you get the theme of these questions. A lot of, a lot of ennui or unpo- a lot of angst or ennui about the popularity of things. Um, I'm going to say that s- because Star Wars survived the prequels and came back as strong as it did now, I think that it, 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 it's, it's, it's transcendent. I think that it, it, is, it is golden golden egg that will never— It can survive anything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's my thought. You don't think? I mean, it fell out of favor. It fell out of favor. Mid two thousands, not cool. It was not cool. Not cool in a different way. In eighty five to ninety five, it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't on the radar. Right. Yeah. No. But and then and then and then became like. You're right. After the prequels, it became a thing to actively hate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. No one hated the the whole thing. No, no. But the but the idea of it, it was just kind of. It Star was, Wars no longer had its rarefied, untouchable position as the perfect, you know, sci-fi. Yeah, but, the three, but the three movies did. Well, actually, the two movies did. Actually, that that whole thing managed to eat up Return of the Jedi. Oddly enough. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, like, like, like. I would say some of it is going to fall out of fashion. Some of it won't. It'll be like. It'll be like Paul McCartney. Oh, where, careful, careful. You know what I'm doing. I mean, yeah. like, no one's going to go back and be like, oh, Revolver was shit. They're going to say, oh, yeah, that was a genius thing. But things after it weren't so great. And eventually you see him, you go, oh, it's Paul McCartney again. Damn it. And it, I, there's, there, there's, I think there has to be some of that. Like, I don't think that's the case. As long as the films are good. I don't, I mean, that's, it, that's, and that's fine. But there is also, even if the films are good, there's still going to be a certain, for me, like, for, like, this is just for me, like, there's a certain amount of, all right, enough. Yeah. Like it's everywhere on everything, and and the, I mean it's not like Disney isn't going to take it to the as far to the limit and pass as possible and shoving it in everybody's faces to try to squeeze every single cent out of their whatever their four billion dollar investment was and then some. You know, like I I think you I think that a, a discernible Star Wars fan who does not want it ruined for them needs to pick and choose a little of what of that experience they want. Right. How's that? Well, that's partially why I only see the, watch the movies. I don't yeah. watch the cartoons. I don't read the comics. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want Star Wars overloads. So. Well, you, yeah, you don't want Obi Wan and Anakin comics. Right. I mean, that's the great example. That's the great. And so there was another email that we didn't um, that, that that I didn't include, but someone was asking if we were excited for the upcoming Han Solo uh, series. And uh, like honestly, I'm on the fence. Like I don't. I don't. You know. Like it's. It's. I mean, I've I've been loving Jason Aaron's Star Wars book, and I've I've really enjoyed Kieran Gillen on Darth Vader. But beyond that, it's like I it might be too much. Like I think was, yeah, it's you know. get, it's getting there. I mean, there yeah. was definitely a point. It's funny because you said like there was a point in the mid '90s, um, where I was reading a bunch of novels, and I went, I gotta stop. Yeah. Like I literally, I was, I was, I just started over like a Rogue Squadron novel, and I thought, no, I'm going, yeah. I'm going too far into this. I need to back out. Well, yeah, well, that's, I, that, that's like, well, that was the, that was my, you know, we talked about this before, but like when the novel came out where Chewbacca died, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to live in that world. I was ten years before that. Like yeah. it was, it was, I think it was before the first prequel. Yeah. Because I had read like 
eight in a row. Like yeah. I'd read all the Zon ones, and I read Empire. <clears throat> I, I mean, I have very fond memories of uh, of the entire time period between you know, mainly yeah. college, 1995 yes. through 1999. I was always reading a Star Wars book and always enjoying it. It was a, yeah. and it was like a great little cycle because they had those little dime paperback, you know, like series like the Rogue Squadron and the New Jedi Order and stuff like that. And then like every eight months or so, there was a, a, a single hardcover. You know, like a big, like a, a self-contained one book, and like there was a good run. Um, there was a good, there was a really, really good run uh, of those books. But then when I got to that Chewbacca one, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm out. And then you know, and then I kind of stepped away. And then the prequel thing started and got all crazed up again. We, and then after, and then after episode two and three, it was like I actually downplayed my Star Wars interest. Yeah, you know, so, exactly. Yeah, I, I, you I didn't want is... relatives to buy you junk anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. You like Star Wars, right? Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't need. This. There's a. Uh... This all comes down to the movies and how, how good they are. We're almost at 10 years of Marvel Studios movies with no end in sight because the movies have been good. And no one, complain, no one complains about them because they enjoy them. Um, so we're just starting. We can go 10 years of, of two Star Wars movies a year. And as long as they're really good, people won't complain about it. Yeah. It, I don't watch the cartoons. I don't read the comics. I don't, you know, novels come out. If you're someone who, who, who goes through all of it and then gets tired of it, that's certainly possible. But as long as the movies are good, yeah, uh, it won't be a, no one. Will, there won't be a backlash. Right, Qual- quality will be key because there was quality a back- wins there, out. there was a backlash when the quality wasn't good. So, right. yeah. so. but that could quality wins out. Yeah, no. sure, it could. As long this, as they are, after, I mean, after this cycle, they finish their next trilogy and they do their ones in the middle. Those are all probably going to be pretty good. Then you're going to get one that you're like, oh, I don't know about that, and then. You know, after maybe, that, maybe not. I mean, Marvel Disney has definitely learned the lesson from Marvel Studios in that quality wins out over everything. So, it's listen. I've worked with Disney professionally. There's a, certainly a possibility they will fuck this up, but uh, you know, we'll see. See what they, the lessons they've learned. They know what they've got here. They know what they've got here. These these two franchises have basically saved their entire company. You know, yeah. Uh, not not Disney saving, but it props them up to become even bigger behemoth than they are, and it makes the majority of their revenue right now. So basically, they're, they're changing like, their parks to accommodate these franchises. Um, they basically could have walked up to us in like 1997. They're like, "Hey, you three, what do you think we should do?" And we would have just been like, "You should do Star Wars and Marvel movies." <laughs> and that's what we would have said then. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Maybe Indiana Jones. Yeah, but no. a million dollars for the for the thoughts. So. Yeah. As long as the movies are good, there won't be a backlash. But if they if they if they yeah. start you know start if they do if they you know two 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 years fine, one yeah. at the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year, yeah. that's fine. More than that, then you're in trouble. Well, and all I gotta say is Josh and Leo, just take a deep breath. Everything's gonna be fine. Things are gonna be popular. Things aren't gonna be popular. Just like what you like, enjoy what you enjoy. Everything will be fine. So and no, we should acknowledge Tim. Nice cast members. No. Tim from Milwaukee, who wrote in about the Han Solo book. Oh, yes, yeah. So, yes, Tim as well, too. If, if you've got any questions or, or want to ask us our thoughts of anything, uh, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And don't forget to tell us who you are and where you're from. And a large, large, large number of you wrote in uh, in reaction to last week's show uh, with thoughts and, and comments and stuff like that related to uh, Darwin and Timmy. And we just want to thank everybody for the kind thoughts. We read everything. And so thank you for that. So Yes. Uh, overwhelming number of people. Overwhelming. Quite, yeah. Really nice. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so back to the regular things. Um, we did a podcast on the Captain America Civil War uh, movie, which uh, here's your spoiler. We all enjoyed. If you want to go that, you can check back in the feed or you can go to ifanbo.com. You can you can find that there. Listen to it. Comment. Enjoy. 
you could also do another thing. <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, we did a show on Preacher. The Preacher pilot aired last week on AMC in America. It's airing again this weekend, and there'll be a second episode next week. If you want to hear what we thought about the Preacher pilot, you can find that show two back on the feed because. Because uh, X Men Apocalypse comes out this weekend, and uh, Connor, myself, and is 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 Romo joining us? Or yes, Romo. Cool. So me, Connor, and Mike Romo are discussing X Men Apocalypse, uh, and that will be on the feed uh, immediately behind this show. Uh, and you hear what our thoughts are on the latest installment of the X Men movie, the the third movie in this cycle, the sixth movie in all the X-Men movies, or... No, the, there's nine. The ni- well, I was going to say, or the ninth movie if you count the Wolverine, or the tenth if you count Deadpool. No. It's very oh, confusing. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, it's very confusing. It's in the world. Yeah. They go to the it's X-Men. Not. Yep, it's in the world. It is in the world. But it's Marvel Studios. No, it's not. No, Deadpool it's not. was Fox. It was Fox. It was? Yes. Yeah. Here. Oh. Yes. They, so they just liked it so much that they were on board anyway. Well, yeah, of course. Because they're, they're going like, to sell you know what, comics. Fuck, yeah, fuck so. it. This was great. Yeah. yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, go to go uh, go to the feed or go to ifanboy.com where you can listen uh, to X-Men Apocalypse, Preacher, Captain America Civil War, all the great stuff. Great time for comic fans this summer. And it's all just getting started. Well, before we move on to the next one, Ron, we have Warcraft in two weeks. I know. I can't wait. I saw I saw a big poster at the theater last night. I can't cannot wait. So we're going so, to – I think, Ron, I think yeah. Ron and I will do a Warcraft podcast. Yeah. Right. I can go. I'll go. Okay. <laughs> well, there'll be, a, there'll be a Warcraft podcast. More Warcraft. Take a little break. Also, there's going to be there's going to be a Toxplode. I've already recorded it. I'm going right. to fit it in the middle of those things somewhere. Great. Look at all this content. Look at all this free content we're giving you. So Warcraft, look at it. and then in a month and a half later, Star Trek Beyond, and then uh, two another another two week August and Killing Joke and Suicide Squad the same week in August. So it's going to be a lot of extra shows this summer. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, if you can't get enough of our voices and you haven't, go and check out Goodfellas Minute. Uh, that's our podcast where we went through the, the movie Goodfellas, uh, one minute at a time, one show for every minute in the movie uh, over the course of 145 episodes over GoodfellasMinute.com. Yes. And you can head over to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this show as well as find the links uh, and the downloads to all the other previous shows um, and other special edition podcasts and things like that. Let people know what you think of this week's books, of the movies, of the TV shows, all that other fun stuff. Um, and make sure you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy. And we're at ifanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually on Twitter if you like. Uh, Josh is at J.A. Flanagan. Connor's a- at C.S. Kilpatrick. And I am at Ron Exo. Uh, and if you like the show, write us a review on iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about the podcast. Introduce your mom to the podcast while you're barbecuing this weekend. You know, you, you want, put it on. Put it on while you're having a party. See what people think. They might dig it. Bring it. You know, bring it to the beach. Play it there for everyone. We, you know, we appreciate it. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> I sure. love this version of Connor. I want you to do that every time. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Bring it to the the beach. Yeah. Why not? Help us spread the iFan by love all across the country and all around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it for this week's show. It's a little long because uh, two big books came out and we lost control of the clock. Yes. So. <laughs> and no one's complaining. No one's going to be like, oh, guys. Yeah. A little behind the scenes. Normally we start recording and we go, and that way we have a clock. This time we started recording and then we fucked around for maybe <laughs> two, two minutes, maybe five. And I don't know. Threw us how many off. Yeah. It was. Threw <laughs> us completely off. So I don't know what yeah. happened. Yeah. So I apologize. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. El Hydra. <laughs> oh, <too soon. laughs> and isn't it such a shame?